Thanks for listening to the Campus Collective Podcast. As always, we pray that this resource is a helpful supplement for you as a follower of Jesus and as an active member in your local church. We love God's design for His church, and we believe that this resource could never substitute the incredible things that come from active involvement with a community of believers. Campus Collective is a ministry of Huntington Community Church. To learn more, visit our website at HuntingtonCommunityChurch.com. Hello and welcome to the beginning of our new series, 95 Meditations Through Colossians with Campus Collective. I am your host today, Andrew O'Callaghan, and for the first truth, I am here with Dustin Everly. Dustin, what do you have to share with us today? All right. Um, First of all, really excited uh, to be here. I can't wait for this series, and I'm excited to uh, see all the ways that God is speaking to us um, through this incredible book. So I'm just going to start out by reading uh, the first five verses of Colossians, and then the, the truth will kind of come from um, um, one of the last lines there in these verses. So this is Colossians 1, verse 1 through 5. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and, this is where the truth comes from, of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So truth number one, there is hope laid up for us in heaven. This motivates love for all the saints and faith. This laid up hope is given to us in the gospel message. Um, I just think this is a beautiful way uh, to start a letter to a church that Paul obviously loves. And I know that Paul is not the main author, that God is inspiring him to write this. So I think that in the heart that Paul has for his people, um, we are getting a glimpse of the heart that God has for us in Christ. Um, and I, the first thing that I notice, though, in, in this is that this truth comes exploding out of a thankful heart of prayer. Um, This truth that has been guiding and inspiring Paul's heart and mind came in the context of praying for people that he is obviously really thankful for. Um, So in this truth, at first we we see just the certainty of our hope. Um, And and I often get discouraged when I see that I think oftentimes we as the people of God let the world define terms that are meant for us, um, like a word like hope. Um, Biblical hope is not a hope so. It is a rock-solid guarantee of something that will come to pass. Um, right, this is laid up for you there. It's not, it, you know, it's, we don't hope there's hope for us. We're not wishing that this <laughs> happens, yeah. And so because God kept his promise in raising Jesus from the dead, we can bank that any hope we have will happen. Um, and I think that's really important, because um, without that sort of certainty, there would be no way that a future-oriented hope would actually have power for us in the present. Yes. Um, so I think this is obviously what God is saying to us right now in this passage, that this church has love for all the saints precisely because of their hope laid up in heaven. Um, if this were a merely a wish dream kind of hope, how could it possibly motivate that kind of love? Um, and so in my own meditation of this passage, I do think it's worth asking the question, how? in order to see the reality that this text is drawing our hearts and minds to. I want to know how future-oriented hope fuels and motivates love for all the saints. Um, Saints, of course, meaning the people of God. Um, And before we move on, I do think it's it's worth noting that Paul does say all the saints, not one person that belongs to Jesus gets left out when our love is motivated by rock-solid hope in Christ. Um, So... How does hope motivate love was the question that I was wrestling with. 
Um, probably a lot of ways, but here's a few. Um, I think one way that it does is found in thinking through what biblical love actually requires of us. Um, it requires complete selflessness. Um, biblical love gives without expecting anything in return, without even needing anything in return. Um, how else could we ever be expected to love all the saints, let alone our enemies? <laughs> so if I need to have the kind of heart and mind that is completely depending on Christ and not on the person I am loving and serving, then I need hope that all of it really won't be in vain. Um, a life of humiliation, service, and being content without applause or acclaim is really not even worth comparing to the hope that will actually last forever. And it's interesting because in, in reality, I do think Paul and, and Christ and the whole of Scripture motivates us to sacrificial love by assuring us of the riches of the hope that is laid up for us, the inheritance Absolutely. that we have, which sounds weird to say that we should be motivated by inheritance, but that's in fact what Paul does, that we can give of ourselves endlessly now knowing that it does not compare with what we are to receive. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful because it actually still satisfies that desire of, of I think, deep in us. We want that um, approval, but knowing that that, that actually can't satisfy us if it comes from man, it has mm-hmm. to come from God. Yes. Um, so, and I'm sure there are many more, but that's one way I think that the Lord could apply this truth um, to our hearts, and I know that I need it applied um, in that way. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite Proverbs is, is Proverbs 13, 12, and it starts out saying that hope deferred makes a heart sick. Um, and I think it's an important reminder as we consider our need for hope. Without it, our hearts are sick, and sick hearts will look toward our flesh to feel better. And this is why the last part of our truth is exactly what we need. The hope that we find in Colossians 1, 1 through 5 is the gospel. The good news that Jesus Christ came to live among us, died our death, and rose again to purchase our right relationship with God is the basis of the hope we have. And after he rose again, he returns to the Father where our hope is laid up. One day, he returns to get his people, and our hope is no longer future-oriented, but fully present and enjoyed. And that reality makes me want to love every single one of the saints. Hmm. Thank you very much, Dustin. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm excited to let that be what kicks us off for the year. And just to give you an overview, Dustin is going to be on the show now and a few more times throughout the year, but uh, he's only one of many guests. So I hope you will tune in in with us every day uh, for the next 95 days as we continue through the series and we hear from many people here at Campus Collective as we meditate together on God's Word.